This is God's servant Dilip Koshikoshi. I am the pastor of Revelation Church. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. I pray that you will experience the power of God's word in all its richness and glory today. May your faith be revived, your mind be renewed, and your body be healed in Jesus' name. Father, we are in your presence. Minister to us this morning. We want to hear from you. We don't want to be distracted by anything. You have instructed us, Lord, to, to pay attention. Here we are in your presence, Lord. We lay all our distractions aside. We keep it all aside. Everything that can come in the way of us understanding what you're doing in our lives. Anything that can take our attention, our focus off you. Lord, we, today, we, right now, we decide to lay it down. To lay it down, to lay it down. Not even to just lay it down, but to just discard it. Just push it aside, far from us. Because we are in the presence of the most important person. We're going to listen to the most important, the only person, as we heard this morning. The only thing that matters. The only thing that matters. Lord, if there are those who are worried about many things, Lord, I pray that the peace of God will fill them right now. May your peace fill them up, Lord, fill them up. Anxieties, worries, concerns about tomorrow, concerns about different things. Pray, Lord, that you'll still every worry, every anxious thought. Help us, Lord, to throw it away. To throw it away. And give your undivided attention this morning. Minister to us, Lord. Have your way in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. And God is going to minister to us some things. We are still in the year of... You can say it loud. We are still in the year of... And what an amazing work the Spirit of God is doing in our lives, in our church, in our midst. Amazing work. I'm telling you, what the Lord is doing in our lives is unmatched. It has never been in this intensity. You know, some, sometimes when... Uh, when the children are not um, uh, behaving or when they are not studying properly, you know, the parents, as parents, we might tell them, do you know how much money we are spending on you? Do you know the worth of what we are providing for you? Do you know the worth of the school that you are put in? And likewise, I want you to know that you must understand the worth of what is happening, what the Lord is teaching. It is precious, priceless. I don't know how many of you believe me when I say this, but this is the truth. You know, I stand in the presence of God and I tell you, this is the truth. What the Lord is doing in our midst, in our lives, this season is priceless. It's priceless. So do not lose track of what God is teaching us. Don't shift your focus. Pastor Nisha ministered to you as she was exhorting you at the, at the time of prayer. Do not be distracted. She mentioned distraction. She started, in fact, she emphasized on that. Do not be distracted. She, she showed you from uh, the life of Martha and Mary. Martha was distracted. A lot of things, you know, there's pride involved. There is a sense of duty involved. You know, you call it efficiency. He, she wanted to be efficient and be the good host. But let, let nothing, let nothing distract you from what God is doing. Now, the most important thing 
in that house at that time was not the chicken biryani that she was making it was not that she thought it was and i like what she said the most important thing is not that you serve god but that you receive from god only if you receive from god can you serve god so in god's perspective if you receive from god then and only then are you in a position to serve god so if you don't receive from god there is no service unto god now we we fool ourselves into thinking that we can serve god without receiving from him and an empty vessel cannot pour out anything what is the secret of jesus ministry that he went to bible college he spent time with his father he honored that time with his father hallelujah now I, i i i i'm trying to picture how mary sat at the feet of jesus i'm sure that she was glued she was glued to jesus and you know, every word every syllable the movement of his lips the you know the the tone the pitch the modulation the the expressions the 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 gestures of his face everything was she was just taking it in one thing because she understood that one thing say one thing one thing matters only one thing matters paying attention is the very key to benefiting spiritually now some of you know how to give attention more attention to a movie that you watch the details of the movie every dialogue that the hero makes hero says every song every every step in that dance every sequence the twist and the the suspense the, the climax everything about it the comedy the jokes the the comedy lines you can you can you can say it verbatim after you watch the movie that's how much attention you give a movie some of you are so attentive to a football match maybe that you see or maybe that you play you can recollect every moment in the last one and a half hours so we are capable say we are capable but god wants you to be in a place where you are able and capable of paying attention to every word that proceeds out of the mouth of god that you don't doze off and you must feel uncomfortable dozing off In fact, I give you the freedom. Come to me if somebody is like you know you're feeling very sleepy. If you have heavy eyelids every time I preach, I'll pray for you. I'm telling you, it'll help you. It'll set you free. Because there is a conduct that is acceptable in the sight of heaven. You know that's that's why that scripture we we read last week uh, from Second Peter. What sort of people we ought to be? What manner of people we ought to be? since all these things are to be destroyed in this way what sort of people ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness looking for and hastening the coming of the day of god because of which the heavens will be destroyed by burning and the elements will melt with intense heat but according to his promise we are looking for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells therefore beloved since you look for these things be diligent to be found by him in peace be at peace yeah spotless and blameless and regard the patience of our lord as 
salvation and i told you that the lord is reestablishing principles in the church which were fading away even as the coming of the lord is near the lord is reestablishing many things and you 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 will see that in this church he is reestablishing principles which are important to him amen because today in the church we have accommodated music without worship and we are dealing with that as musicians you know we when we sit together we discuss those things you know and you know you know whenever i i get to talk to worship leaders you know they 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 all agree on this yes we have entertained music without worship lot of churches are running on music without worship there is music but there is no worship there is word without response there's a lot of word being ministered but there is no now i would like to do this exercise with you do you remember what was preached to you or taught to you through this week last sunday or maybe last friday that you came here can you remember can you recollect it you know i know i know those of you who who go back and listen to the sermon again and make notes how much can you retain is there a is there a response following the word some of you received such amazing prophecies i want to tell you that receiving prophecy is one thing seeing its fulfillment is another thing you know why because your response matters you can ask you can ask those who have gone before you you can ask ministers of god is one thing to receive a prophecy and another thing to see it come to fulfillment of, of course there are unconditional prophecies about which nobody has to do anything it will come to pass many prophecies in the bible are unconditional whether or not we are ready god will do it that's a different thing but when it comes to personal prophecies it demands it's like the word coming to you demands your response it is a road map given to you this is what the lord is showing it is his desire now i t- i tell people when i when i release a word i tell them this is what the lord is desiring for you now it's up to you what you want to do about it you want to respond to it you want to you want to make adjustments and corrections you want to follow through or you want to just i got a prophecy big deal i'm telling you it's not a big deal at all it is by the mercy of god you received a word it's the goodness of god word without response the church is entertaining a word without response hallelujah as a minister of god you must you must stand firm and and attack that attitude word without response is not going to help i mean it's not about how many people are coming to church it's about how many people can respond to the word we can have 1000 people 10000 people gather in this church because god is doing something in our midst people can come but what matters at the end of the day is how people respond to the word yes we believe in supernatural signs and wonders we believe in miracles we believe in moving the spirit we believe in great things happening we believe in raising the dead healing the sick we believe in casting out demons we believe in all those things but above all that we believe in believe in the transformation of the person the renewal of the mind which is important to god we cannot have a relationship without honor we've been talking about that the church has entertained relationships without any honor it is so crazy to see that marriages fall apart in the church how i mean what is the explanation i mean can anybody explain how a christian couple can it is unexplainable there is no logic behind, forget logic there is no it cannot even be mentioned 
as church we are we are called to maintain honor in every relationship in every relationship we've uh, kind of approved of discipleship without submission talking about the church at large now we we talk about discipleship but there is no submission submission is not taught so we end up having disciples who are not true disciples who are not disciplined exactly who are not disciplined because they are not submitted submission is a sign or the filling of the holy spirit because suddenly you realize the order of god discipleship without submission is not something that god will allow so he's going to reestablish those principles we have allowed fellowship without love there's so much of fellowship happening in churches today there's monday fellowship tuesday fellowship wednesday fellowship food fellowship trekking fellowship picnic fellowship all kinds of fellowship i'm telling you we can we have all kinds of fellowships happening but there's no there's no love it's a terrible place to be if you can if you can't be together without love it is a terrible place to be from the outside you might look like brothers and sisters but beyond the skin deep how connected are you in love one of the signs of the kind of love that you have for your brother your sister is the quality of prayer that you can make that's why sometimes we ask you to pray for each other just to remind you that you're not loving enough it's it's also about it's not just about praying it's also about self evaluating how much do i love because sometimes when you pray you don't know what to pray you can't pray also you're not you're not led to pray why because you don't there's no love you can't pray for somebody without love we talk a lot about giving but we entertain giving without sacrifice giving without sacrifice i mean anybody can give i'm telling you anybody can give last week we talked about the 10 rupee i i gave you a revelation about the 10 rupee note i hope you all got the revelation should i explain it one more time what can a 10 rupee note fetch the charugadi on the road side is what you can get for 10 rupees that's what you get for 10 rupees and you have this attitude i'm giving unto god it's a currency not the i'm not giving coins i'm giving tell if there is no sacrifice in all in your giving god is the one who gauges not man if there is no sacrifice in your giving it is not giving at all it does not count as giving we um encourage growth without repentance do you know that in the church today we promote growth i mean let let him grow let her grow let her come up let, let him come up and 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 take responsibilities but we encourage those things without teaching them repentance and and humility the most dangerous thing that you can do in the church is to allow a person to be in leadership or given a responsibility without teaching that person the value of humility and repentance it's because power without humility is is wayward it, it is dangerous is a loose cannon that's what it is we teach about leadership in the church without teaching them about service we have reduced leadership into titles we give titles and we tell them okay you are a leader you are in this capacity but we don't tell them that it is about serving that's what jesus taught his disciples Yeah. the those of you desire to be a, a great among you let him be a servant the greatest must become a the least that's what he taught why are we not teaching that in the church 
if you decide to be in ministry, if you decide to be in leadership, it's about serving. It's about serving. It's about washing the feet. It's about getting your hands dirty. It's not about following a, a, a schedule. No. It is not about, you know, being honored in the sight of man. No. It is not about any of those things. It's about serving. If you desire to be in ministry, your desire is actually to serve. It must be like that. It's not about getting people's attention or, you know, or being in the front or none of those things. Those things follow because the Lord is gracious. But your focus is about how can I serve? Not just God, but others. We, we entertain a lot of planning in the church. Yo, committees and committees and committees and board meetings and this and that. Planning in the church without any wisdom. There is no wisdom. Just planning. We allow brainstorming. Okay, he can say something, she can say something, and we all say something, and there is no wisdom. And that is not how God works. God is not going to allow that to happen. There's order in everything. Say order. order. And we, we also talk about missions, but there is no focus in what we do. Somebody gave so much money. Okay, let's go and do this. And for the next, you know, X number of days, you're doing that, but there is no focus. But you want to put that in your mission report. For the sake of that, you wait for every photographic moment that can possibly be there so that you, know, you, can, you can feel good that you're doing something for the Lord. But there is no focus. Now, sometimes the Lord will intervene. I had great plans for this year, but the Lord said don't do any, some of those things which I, I had desire to do this year. I want to do a few things. I was so excited about doing some of those things. The Lord said no, that's not what I want you to do this year. You must be alert. You must be sensitive to what the Spirit is telling you. Otherwise, you end up doing a lot of things which the Lord doesn't want you to do. You end up burning your fingers. You end up wasting your resources and you know, all that. Missions without focus. So, and now this is what I said, what I read out now. I've put a few, a few of these things. And this is not an exhaustive list of things that uh, the church needs to get delivered out of. The church needs to get healed out of. But it is scary to recognize that these trends are in the church. It must be scary because it is a breach of the kingdom principles established by God. When we talk about these things, it is a breach of the principles God has established. Amen? And um, this season, allow the Spirit of God to fix the loose ends. Allow the Spirit of God to deal with the slack. And there's a lot of slack. There is a lot of wastage. Allow the Lord to deal with all those things. Allow the Lord to clean up His house. So we are the house of God. Do you know that you're the house of God? The house of God. God is interested in the house of God. The shaking will begin with the? You didn't know that? Shaking will begin with the? Ah, you didn't know that. You thought shaking is only going to happen to the nations of the world. You thought shaking is only going to happen outside of the church. No. There will be shaking inside of the church. But it is for our good. It is not to destroy us. It is to build us. Amen. It is to make us stronger. Amen. And, and firmer. And that shaking will happen in the church. Hallelujah. Are you excited about that? That the Lord is gracious enough to deal with us. Amen. You're really truly excited that God is going to deal with you, correct you, change you, fashion you into what God has desired for you. It must be the most exciting thing in your life. Because God has set his eyes on you. He is so desirous of seeing perfection in you. 
it excites me when i when i consider what the lord is doing in spite of me in spite of my failures in spite of my shortcomings in spite of my track record the lord is still after me he's shaking me up waking me up correcting me chiseling me in spite of what i wasted in the past in spite of in spite of what i've done within the past that's the god that we serve man that's the god that we serve hallelujah we've been looking at honor for the past couple of weeks and guess what we're going to continue with that mark chapter 6 verse 1 onwards jesus went out from there and came into his hometown and his disciples followed him when the sabbath came he began to teach in the synagogue and the many listeners were astonished saying where did this man get these things and what is the wisdom given to him and such miracles as these performed by his hands is not this the carpenter the son of mary and brother of james and joseph and judas and simon are not his sisters here with us and they took offense at him and jesus said to them prophet is not without honor except in his hometown and among his own relatives and in his own household and he could do no miracle there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them and he wondered at their unbelief you know the same incident is mentioned in, in the gospel of matthew also and matthew records it like this where did this man get all these things that's what they asked where did he get all these things from the authority the power the miracles where did he get all these things from they saw the mighty works say mighty works say great wisdom so miracle working power so this, these are things that they have seen in jesus or heard about in jesus they have things are reported to them about jesus some of them have witnessed themselves that he has done mighty works that he teaches with great wisdom and there's a miracle working power at work when jesus is ministering in say in spite in spite of that they were stuck with a corrupted perception about jesus they failed to acknowledge who jesus really was they failed to understand who he is they called him what in one one account it says carpenter and the other account it says carpenter's son he is not a carpenter he is god he is not a carpenter's son he is a son of god he is god's son so he is not a carpenter he is god he is not a carpenter's son he is god's son so the problem was they were only able to see him with their natural eyes with their earthly eyes physical eyes and they couldn't go past what they saw in the natural and they said isn't this the carpenter where did he get all these things from it's almost like they complaining how can he speak like that where did he get this wisdom from isn't this the carpenter isn't this the carpenter's son the son of mary so in spite of the evidences in spite of the miracles in spite of the signs and wonders and reports and testimonies about jesus which were verifiable which were tangible which were quantifiable in spite of all that they could not see past his earthly lineage or earthly origin they could not see past joseph they could not see past mary they could not see past judas and um, Joseph and Simon and his sisters 
I'll tell you something very, very important for you to understand. Miracles are not man's portion. Do you know that? Miracles are not man's portion. Miracles are God's portion. Miracles cannot come from man. Miracles proceed from God. If a man has to perform miracles, it has to come from God. The authority, the power has to come from God. So when, when they looked at Jesus and they acknowledged him just as a man, they are not going to see miracles because miracles do not flow from because they looked at Jesus and said, you're a man, you're a carpenter, you're a carpenter's son. You're, we know your mother, we know your brothers, we know your sisters, they are with us. So they perceived him in the natural, they perceived him in the earthly realm. They perceived him as a human being. But miracles do not flow from a human being. Miracles flow from God. Because they acknowledged him as man, they couldn't see miracles. They called him a carpenter. A carpenter cannot perform miracles. A carpenter cannot open blind eyes. A carpenter cannot open deaf ears. A carpenter cannot cast out demons. A carpenter cannot raise the dead. At best, what a carpenter can do is make some furniture. That's why some Christians do not progress beyond having the basic need Are you with me they can't progress beyond the the basic things being met because they have not understood god for who he is they have not understood jesus for who he is so they stuck say stuck do not make jesus ordinary see that's a crime that we all have committed that's a that's a mistake that we all have committed we make jesus ordinary we make the church ordinary, mundane things. Sunday morning, a club. Okay, let's go to club and listen to some music and dance to it. Eat some food and go back home. Because Sunday, anyway, work is not there. School is closed. It's a social club. We make Jesus ordinary. We make the church ordinary. We make the servants of God ordinary. We make every experience that we must get in the kingdom very ordinary. And we call it carpenter, carpenter's son, man. How you address a person is very important, very important. I can show you something, but you know, even as, like, listen to this. You must understand, honor, we're talking about honor. Honor is the key to the supernatural. Even as I, I hold out the key and show you, this is the key to your supernatural. This is the key to the miraculous. This is the key to signs and wonders and, and miracles. This is the key to supernatural living. Some of you are so reluctant to hold this key. Because honor deals with your character. It demands a change in your character. Un, until and unless you're ready, you're willing to allow your character to be broken and remade and formed according to the likeness of God, you are not going to be able to honor God or honor man. You will not, not be able to maintain honor in your life. So don't be reluctant. Tell your neighbor, don't be reluctant. It's a key for you. 
a key this is a key your key into the supernatural it's a it's honor so how you add this now the the reason we we revisited the same passage almost three times now is so that you can god wants to show you something in here how you address the things of god how you address the the systems of god how you address the people of god how you address the the servants of god the dynamics of god how you perceive it is important it is important how you address these things how you perceive these things and i'm going to show you from matthew chapter 10 in verse 40 he who receives you receives me do you know that do you even know that this is the the weight of what you carry by virtue of you becoming a believer of christ jesus of becoming a disciple of jesus when people receive you they are receiving christ that's why in the places that you get honored and taken care of and blessed the lord will drop a blessing there and i've seen that the place where i am favored the place where i am honored i've seen progress and favor and blessing because that's what the bible says it has nothing to do with me i'm 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 not a party in that because the lord says he who receives you receives me and he who receives me receives him who sent me look at that so who all are you representing you're representing christ jesus christ you're representing the father because the holy spirit is in you that's why in verse 41 says he who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward this is this is powerful he who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward and he who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward and whoever in the name of a disciple gives to one of these little ones even a cup of cold water just come here okay come come krishi help me so this disciple okay this also another disciple so this person is going to give a cup of water to this disciple give okay so now you must understand the bible says she received she received because she gave a cup of cold water to this disciple here she has received a reward connected to this disciple that's what the bible says and whoever in the name of a disciple gives to one of these little ones say little ones even a cup of cold water drink truly i say to you he or she shall not lose her she will not lose her reward because she gave a cup of cold water to refresh this little disciple here so you understand this 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 is a dynamic in the kingdom we're talking about a disciple we're talking about the little ones in the kingdom we're not even talking about the the big ones we're talking about the the little ones in the kingdom if you give to these little ones for what in the name of a disciple because you recognize the person as a disciple you will by no means miss the reward of that disciple so jesus was received in nazareth was he received in nazareth yes he was but not in the name of a prophet not in the name of a savior not in the name of a messiah not in the name of god but he was received in nazareth in the name of a say carpenter 
So what reward do the people of Nazareth deserve to get? A carpenter's reward. A table and chair. At best. Don't take this lightly. Okay? This, is a, this is a very important spiritual principle. It tells you why things are not moving in your life. It also tells you how things can move in your life. When you receive a servant of God in keeping with God's call upon him or her, you receive a reward in accordance to that call. That's what we just read. If you receive a prophet in the name of a prophet, meaning understanding the person is a prophet or acknowledging the person is a prophet, he or she will receive a prophet's reward. When you receive a righteous man, Understanding he or she is a righteous person. You will receive a, both are not the same by the way. A prophet's reward is not the same as a righteous man's reward. A righteous man's reward is not the same as a disciple's reward. So the people of Nazareth did not receive Jesus in the, in the name of God, in the name of the Lord, in the name of a savior, in the name of a messiah, in the name of a prophet, in the name of teacher. No, he didn't rec- they didn't receive him at, in any of these capacities. They received Jesus in the name of a Carpenter, carpenter's son, what do they deserve to get? I will not be surprised if some of them were to tell us that they got some chairs and tables, new chairs and tables. For all, I mean, high probability. Because that's how they perceived the son of God. See, understand, there are levels, say levels, say ranks, In the kingdom, there are ranks. There are ranks in the kingdom. Nobody will teach you all these things. But there are ranks in the kingdom. It is not established by man. It is established by God. What to do? That is God's standard. That's God's order. So when you understand the ranks of God, the the, the structure of God, the order of God, and you comply with what God has established, it will be to your benefit. So Jesus was very concerned about this. Do you know that? I don't think, okay, Jesus was not like you, Pastor. He was very humble. He was not concerned about all this. It didn't matter what people thought about him. He still performed. No, he did not. It doesn't matter what people said about him. He never even bothered to think about it. No. Who said? I'll show you from scripture. He was concerned about what people perceived about him. He even asked his disciples concerning that. Matthew chapter 16. Verse 13. Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea, Philippi, he was asking his disciples, who do people say? So he was concerned about that. He is thinking about that. Who do people say that the son of man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist and others Elijah, but still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are Christ, the son of the living God. And then Jesus commended, he approved of what was revealed to Peter. So during the earthly life of Jesus, there were those whom he came across who considered him as, okay, this is Elijah. This is Jeremiah. This is John the Baptist. This is a good teacher. But there are only very few who knew knew that he is Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God. 
Okay, let's read Mark chapter 10. Okay, I'm going to show you something. Mark chapter 10. This is a, uh, you know, a discourse between Jesus and a, a man who came to him. As he was setting out on a journey, a man ran up to him and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Fantastic question. But the only problem is, he opened with an address. Good teacher. Anything wrong with that? Nothing wrong with that. He, said, he did not even just say teacher. He said, good teacher. Okay, now let's see how the, the conversation went. And Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? Why do you call me? No one is good except God alone. Why do you call me? What was the referral that he made? Or say good teacher. Yeah. And what did, what did uh, Jesus say to him? Why do you call me good? Was Jesus denying his godhood? Was Jesus denying his deity? No. He, absolutely. He was affirming his deity. Why do you call me good? Do you call me good because you understand that I am God? Because only God is good. So when you call me good teacher, are you understanding that I am the God who can teach you all things? He said, why you call me good? Food for thought. Okay. Then he said, you know the commandments. So then, then he answers the question. Jesus gave the, the intro, the food for thought, and then he gave the answer. You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear witness, false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. And he said to him, teacher, say teacher. I have kept all these things from my youth up. I mean, he was like some of you here. Kept all these things from his youth up. Looking at him, Jesus felt a love for him and said to him, look at that, he felt that Jesus felt a love for him. A sweet guy. He felt a love for this, this character. He looked at this guy and felt a love. He was moved with love. He called him good teacher. And repeated again, teacher. Looking at him, Jesus felt a love for him and said to him, one thing you lack. Go and sell all you possess and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. But at these words, he was saddened and he went away grieving for he was one who owned much property. You know, the actual problem was not because he owned so much property. Because if that is the case, then everyone who has so much property will grieve in the same manner. But we know of people who have a lot of property and riches coming to God, coming to Jesus. But the problem here is he, he perceived Jesus as a good teacher. And that's about it. So Jesus could not give anything beyond good teaching to him. What he wanted was, what did he want? He wanted eternal life. Who is eternal life? The one who spoke to him was eternal life. How can I inherit eternal life? The answer is, receive me. That's all. But he acknowledged Jesus not as the one who can give eternal life, but as the one who can teach. You're a good teacher. So Jesus gave him teaching. Good, say good teaching. Are you getting this? 
and some of you how you approach things in the kingdom determines what you get in the kingdom and i'm telling you, even as i'm saying this some of you are, i mean it's okay we are be happy with what you have that's your problem that's exactly your problem you're not going to make any progress if you're going to stay where you are this is how the kingdom works okay the principle of the kingdom is like this the kingdom of god suffers violence and the violent will take it by force okay the reason why many christians live as paupers live as hopeless live sick live um immature so on and so forth is because they have not approached the dynamics of the kingdom the way they are supposed to approach it they put everything under the tag of the earthly realm they can't go beyond what they see in the periphery they can't go beyond what they see in the temporal as jesus is a good teacher even today you know that there are there are political leaders ruling nations who consider jesus as a good teacher and that's about it nothing more than that are they going to go to heaven are they are they going to go to heaven are they going to inherit the kingdom of god they're not even mahatma gandhi our fa- the father of our nation okay he 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 has uh, referred to the teachings of christ because he is a good teacher does that help him it can give him wisdom those people who refer to the word of god because it is a book of wisdom will get wisdom but until and unless you realize that this is the word of the living god amen i was talking to a friend this week and he was saying the people that he ministered to he come across after a while they will open up and say jesus is for us a god a god say a god so they place jesus amongst various gods that they have will that fetch them anything see as a, as a christian you must come to a place where jesus is the only he is the absolute he is everything hallelujah and when you approach jesus for who he is then you will receive reward in accordance to who he is amen, amen? when you approach jesus for okay good teacher you'll get a teacher's reward prophet you'll get a prophet's reward you'll get a righteous man's reward but if you want the full measure you must approach him as the son of god amen. the messiah amen. amen the savior of the world why do you call me good only god is good so i like the fact that the bible says that jesus felt a love for him but not even jesus could help him because there was lack of honor i don't know whether you've read this passage and realized that there is a lack of honor here you know you all would have thought okay good teacher is a good honor no not enough say not enough not enough this is what the lord wants to tell you today not enough you're doing a lot of things but it is not enough your perception about god not enough your perception about the holy spirit not enough your your attitude in worship not enough are you ready to take it does it bother you tell me the truth does it bother you if if the holy spirit were to tell you not enough does it bother you get serious about the things of god get serious about the things of god we don't have much time we cannot play christianity 
we don't have that kind of time the work that he is doing in the church is an urgent work you can fool anybody in the world but you cannot fool god when the spirit of the lord is telling us the way we honor god and the things of god and the church of god and the servants of god and the dynamics of god and all those things are not enough that's what it is it is not enough it demands a correction from our side it de- demands a change from our side he left sad and can you believe this man who came to jesus asked the right question also the question was the right question how can i inherit eternal life what's the right question in spite of asking the right question this person left the presence of jesus saddened think about it you can have the right question in your heart you may be even able to phrase it right you may be even able to present it right but the way you approach the person of jesus the, the way you salute him the way you address him and the things that he has established can stand in the way of you being able to receive an answer for your question this morning she ministered and said god wants to give answers but it demands your undivided attention and i'll tell you one thing one way can give him undivided attention is like this when you respond to the, the word of god when you respond to the word of god if you're going to sit through this sermon not affected at all not planning to change not even moved by an iota i'm telling you nothing is going to change things are going to be just the same but the spirit of god is very clearly telling you not enough not enough not enough it is not enough that you call him good teacher it is not enough that you call him fancy give him fancy titles it is not enough that you sing songs it is not enough that you do things in church not enough you can still leave the presence of god saddened how terrible that is can you even imagine leaving the presence of god saddened the one place you must leave jubilant the one place that you must leave joyful the one place that you must leave full and and uh, uh, enthusiastic and excited because god has done something but this man came across jesus asked the right question but just because he did not honor christ enough he left with a sad heavy heart he could only get a reward proportional to the honor in the manner he addressed jesus i mean jesus gave him good teaching what he taught was perfect good teaching but it did not change the man's trouble it did not cha- change the man's situation listen what you need today is more than just a nugget of teaching what you need today is more than just a nugget of teaching some of you are so happy you can nibble on a nugget of teaching you can nibble on it through the week you know sometimes you know you give uh, little kids like you know one year old kids give them something nibble on they'll nibble and on the way they drop it also parents are not bothered kids are not bothered because it is only for temporary satisfaction temporary relief temporary appeasing so you'll give them a, a morsel of food or a piece of food and uh, the child will nibble on a biscuit maybe uh, maybe chew a, a quarter of it or maybe one third of it 
and on the way he'll drop it. Parents are not bothered, child is not bothered, the biscuit is also not bothered. But that's not how you can approach the kingdom of God. You are not going to do good because of a nugget of teaching. Things are not going to change because you received a nugget of teaching. There are deeper things that needs to be addressed in a Christian's life. It demands your wholehearted attention and devotion. And you know, you're, you're constant asking the Lord, Lord, change me. Bring it. I want to be changed. I want to be corrected. Deal with me. And you must go to God with, with such honor. You know, during my early days as a, as a pastor, you know, I used to feel very bad for people because they're just struggling and they're not getting anything. They're not getting answers for their prayers. And, you know, they're not receiving breakthrough or miracles. And then the Lord, at some point, I remember the Lord showed me the problem is with them not fixing an attitude. You can pray all that you want over people. You remember that? Even recently we heard when I think Pastor Jimson was ministering. You can pray all, over, all that you want for people. There can still be a problem remaining. And that needs a deeper addressing. Uh, you know, it demands a change in your attitude. Now we, we, we sometimes feel for people. Nobody can receive anything beyond the, the honor that they maintain. Do you know that? Nobody. In the kingdom, nobody is going to receive anything beyond the, the level of honor that they maintain. If you cannot come to this church and, and, and see me as your pastor, if you, cannot come to this, if you come to this church and if you cannot see me as your man of God, you're not going to receive anything from me. Same applies for every minister who stands here, who ministers to you. If you cannot see them for who they are, if, they cannot, if you cannot address them and, and receive them for who they are, what they, God has called them to be, you're not going to receive that kind of reward. Hello? 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 And that has nothing to do with the person, by the way. That's the amazing part. It has nothing to do with the, the person. It's the anointing and who God has called him or her to be. It is something established by God. And when you don't honor what God has established, then God is not honored. Now what, what does the Bible say about honoring God? Which is the first scripture that comes to your mind. What is the first scripture that comes to your mind when it comes to honoring God? He who honors me, I shall. Do you think that God just uh, one fine day decided to write that in scripture? Why do you think David did not touch Saul? Was Saul an evil man? Yes. Was Saul an evil man? Was Saul against the, what the, the will of God was? But who was Saul? king. How did he become king? Because he was anointed. Say anointed. Saul was anointed by God to be king over the people of Israel. David had all the reasons to slay this man. 
all the right reasons in the court of law david can make a point and say i killed him because he tried to kill me self defense you can say that but even when he got the opportunity to finish him off what did he say how can i touch the anointed of the lord what is that about it is about honor it's about honor it's about it's not about anything it's not about kindness it's not about love it's not about mercy it's not of those things it is about honor a simple principle honor what god that's right what god has established the order that god has established he said i'm not going to breach it in spite of knowing that he's going to be the next king when he had the chance to kill saul david still knew that he is going to be the next king but he didn't touch him we all think the atmosphere for god to move in his power okay last week i i mentioned that uh, you know what i saw in when i went to south africa and i, I narrated that incident it, it the chances are that probably you also would have thought that worship is the atmosphere for miracles that's not why i was saying establish that was not what i was trying to establish worship is not the atmosphere for miracles but god is enthroned in the in the praise of his people so that is there but there is something that precedes worship and the reason why some of you struggle to worship is because of that it's missing in your life you know what it is honor there is no worship without honor if if worship was what created an atmosphere for miracles every time you worship you can see miracles but does that happen like that not necessarily even when you read the gospels whenever jesus performed miracles there was no band there was no ken matthew on the drums no little bonnie on the bass no feben jacob on the on the lead or uh, tjo titus on the keys or paul elliot on the keys or the wonderful singers uh, behind the microphone no there's no band there's no worship involved but how did they receive their miracle they acknowledged the one who was standing before them that is about so that is honor but in order for you to worship god you require to maintain honor so that's why some of you think just by coming to church and allowing the band to play music will help you to worship it will not help you to worship you'll only struggle to worship the problem is not with the band the problem is not with the singers the problem is not with the sound none of those things you know the problem is with you not being able to understand what honor is because worship cannot flow unless there is honor worship is the outflow of honor is the expression of honor if you don't know how to honor your god you cannot worship god simple as that but the reason i told you like this is because some of us think worship is the atmosphere and when there is a need for a miracle okay let's all worship god and we try to worship and expect worship will not fetch you anything it's not about not about you getting anything it's about you giving unto god worship is about you giving unto god it has nothing to do with you getting something from god you worship god regardless of whether you're going to get or not and there are times when jesus worshiped when nothing happened you know that in the gospels you read that there are people who worshiped him at his feet you know wiped the wiped his feet with the tears there are times when they cried out in worship nothing really happened 
the widow who put the two mites here, she was worshipping God. Nothing recorded. When I say nothing really happened, I'm talking about nothing recorded really happened. So worship is not exactly your key to receiving miracles. But honor and obedience. Two things. Say two things. Those two things are, are like hand in hand. You need to have honor and obedience. Without honor and obedience, you cannot worship God. So obedience is better than worship. Because without obedience, you cannot even worship. Hallelujah. Now we, we need to understand. We must change our understanding of worship. I'm telling you, some of you need to pray and ask the Lord to teach you to worship. You need to be taught how to worship. First Peter chapter 2. Verse 13 onwards. Submit yourself for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether to a king as the one in authority, or to governors as sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and the praise of those who do right. For such is the will of God that by doing right, you may silence the ignorance of foolish men. Act as free men. Do not use your freedom as covering for evil, but use it as bond slaves of God. Honor, say honor. So the, the church is taught, the church must be taught to honor because this is like a foundational principle in your life. You need to learn this, not just within the church, but you must maintain it even outside of the church. Even outside of the church. Honor. Is that what the Bible says? Or honor only your, your dear ones, your family members. Honor only your church people. Is that what the Bible says? It says, honor all men. See, because when you walk in honor, it helps you to be light in worship. Honor all men. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the king. Meaning, honor Narendra Modi. You have to honor him. By praying for him. By asking for the Lord to give him wisdom. All those ways. Different ways in which you can honor him. Honor all men. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the king. Servants be submissive to your masters with all respect. Not only to those who are good and gentle. I love this. Servants, be submissive to your masters with all respect, not only to those who are good and gentle, but also to those who are unreasonable or harsh. For this finds favor. If for the sake of conscience toward God, a man bears up under sorrows when suffering unjustly. Hallelujah. This finds favor. For what credit is there if when you sin and are harshly treated, you endure it with patience. But if when you do what is right and suffer for it, you, and you patiently endure it, this finds favor with God. Hallelujah. Praise God. And then it goes on to talk about how Jesus was. It talks about our shepherd, the overseer, the apostle of our faith, Jesus himself. It talks about him. You have to come to a place where you... Maintain honor in everything. Maintain honor. 
Now you come to church, you have to come decided, I'm going to come in honor. You come for a, a, a session in the church, it can be a Bible study, it can be a time of worship, it can be fellowship, it can be house house fellowship, whatever it is. You must come to honor God, honor God's ministers, His servants, honor God's people. It is important that you come like that. Because that is the atmosphere for God to move and operate. You come in obedience. Now if you come to the church, you know, if I'm going to preach, every word that I say must be taken seriously. You honor your minister when you take it seriously, when you take it to heart. You honor me and you honor God. You cannot honor God unless you honor your servants. Hello. So what did Abraham do? What did Abraham do? He saw, he realized that the angels of God were in his place. You know that? He, he begged them to come in. You know that story? It's only me who read that story in the Bible, that incident in the Bible. He was entertaining angels, honoring the presence of angels. But they also deserve their level of honor. Do you know that? Angels also deserve their level of honor. That's what we, that why we read in, I think it's in Jude, uh, you know, that Michael did not dare to yeah, contempt or revile uh, Satan, but said, may the Lord rebuke you. That is again also honoring the order of God. I'm an angel, I can't rebuke you. But may the Lord, whom I serve, rebuke you for who you are and what you do. Are you, are you getting something? So you, you have to learn this. This will change things about your life. Amen. There is no honoring God without honoring the servants of God. That's why I say the, the least of them who serve in this church, the least in the church, if you regard them for who they are, there is a reward for you. So that's the order of God. And you expect to receive anything from God without honoring the structure of God, the order of God. This is not going to work. You want to receive something, you have to honor the servants of God. You have to honor the ministers of God. You have to honor them. Yes, you read it right. You heard it right. You have to honor them. If the worship has to mean anything to you, you have to honor the ministers who are worshiping or leading you in worship. If the preaching has to do any good to you, you have to honor the man who is preaching or teaching or exhorting. First in your heart, then with your mouth, then with your attitude, with your actions. Because the God that we serve is a God who holds it against a nation for mistreating his prophets. He held it against them. It was not a small offense. God held it against the people because they mistreated the prophets whom he sent to them. Generations later, he still mentioned that about them. You killed my prophets. You mistreated them. You dishonored them. That's the God that we serve. See, on a Sunday morning, have you ever seen Jesus come and preach here? On a Sunday morning, have you ever seen Jesus come and preach here? On a Friday evening, have you ever seen Jesus come and do Bible study here? Have you ever seen... Uh, you know, Jesus opening the prayer. Have you ever seen Jesus leading worship? The answer is no. 
say no who do you get to listen to on a sunday morning your pastor who do you get to listen to on a friday evening your bible teacher who do you get to listen to on your when you're worshiping your worship band correct right or wrong tell me tell me yes so now how can god speak to you if god is not coming and preaching to you so you understand that god is not going to come and preach to you but god is going to send a servant to come and minister to you amen and if you're not going to take what the servant is speaking to you you are refusing what god is speaking to you that's the that's the fact that's the truth that's the reality and you come to church put your feet up and you are like waiting for the church service to get over because you have some other things to do if that's your attitude in church you're not going to receive anything from god because god sent his servant to minister to you you dishonored the servant of god and in doing so you rejected what god was speaking to you no breakthrough i'm telling you it sounds harsh but that's the truth you read god's word and you will find that's the truth we have bible study even now i see people not coming for bible study what do you think god is going to do with your life you're going to prosper you're not going to prosper because god's word is taught on a friday evening in this church god sends a servant to come and teach you god's word and you're not attending you're not you're not even bothered about it you have other things to do you're not going to progress you know why because you refuse you dishonored the servant who was sent to you that's right those who work hard at preaching and teaching and i want you to understand preaching and teaching is hard work try doing it for one day over a couple of weeks and you'll realize it's a hard work but get this right your approach your the way you sit in church must change i'm telling you the way you sit in church must change i tell you by the spirit of god the way you sit in church your posture must change Uh, your countenance must change see that is honor the reason why you struggle to worship is because you have not understood this you think you can just drag your feet to church and start to worship god you cannot there is no honor in your heart that's why jesus said these people honor me with their lips but they don't honor with their with their hearts their hearts are far from me who is speaking jesus is speaking take this seriously see what manner of people you ought to be what kind of people what kind of approach what kind of body language your gestures your words your mannerisms everything must reflect the urgency the imminency of the coming of christ and you come to church like a dodo and sit there not understanding this this might be the last service you're attending do you come to church like that this might be might be the last message that you hear if you don't anticipate that kind of a coming of the lord you are not living in the light of eternity i'm telling you you have no expectancy you are just fooling yourself fooling each other you're distracting each other by being in an attitude of i'm just lazy one day i will change you must repent when a minister of god is sent to a people if they did not receive him as from god or if his words were not received as god's words you know what happened you know it you see it in the word of god 
if you don't recognize that god is the one who send the ma- the pastor god is the one who send the prophet god is the one who sends the evangelist god is the one who sends the teacher god is the one who sends anybody who is serving god if you don't understand that you are standing in the way of honoring god you are dishonoring god see that's why in the bible you never see a prophet soft and sophisticated they were never soft they were rough you touch them you'll get cut they open their mouth you'll bleed that's how sharp they were and there's nothing civilized about them even the last one you know in the in the old testament that is john the baptist even that one you're talking about the old testament about whom it is written the least in the kingdom of god is greater than that one when john the baptist prophesied the palace shook the king had shaking knees they repented or they rebelled because out of fear they wanted to finish him off that is how powerful he was and we are today of that league whether you know it or not the ministers of god were sent to you of that same league greater than them just because you sit in the church in the comfort of the church knowing that you are saved doesn't mean that you disregard what god has established you honor you got to honor and this is the only reason why you struggle to worship is because you don't have honor in your heart there is no honor in your marriage see the same passage that we just read first peter chapter 2 in first peter chapter 3 we read about wives honoring your own husband and husbands honoring your wife cherishing your wife as a weaker vessel we don't maintain that in the house then how do you expect things to be done in the church we don't maintain that kind of a behavior in the street the bible instructs us to honor all men that's right if you don't honor the weaker vessel okay if the husband does not honor or cherish the as she when the bible says weaker vessel don't think that god is saying the woman is weaker than man that's not what it means the vessel is weak many you have to handle it with care gentleness that's what it means in fact they are stronger than men by the way the weaker vessel but you have to cherish the weaker vessel and likewise the the wife ought to honor the husband as the head and when that is done right it goes on to talk about your prayers will not be hindered do you know that today what all we accommodate in the church what all nonsense we accommodate in, do you know that the every marriage in the, in the church every single marriage in the church is meant to thrive is meant to thrive every single every single marriage is meant to thrive in in terms of romance in terms of bliss in terms of strength in terms of joy in terms of companionship in terms of everything every single marriage in the church because that's what the bible teaches us but because we don't understand the culture of honor we miss out and then you come to church there is no honor in the family parents don't know how to honor each other children don't know how to honor the parents and then you come to church do you think that you ex- you can worship god you cannot worship god you will struggle to worship god you will be looking at the watch is eppala theerna when is this worship going to get over if you are such a person that's because there is no honor in your heart because true worship is about i don't want to leave the presence of god 
when everyone has gone to sleep i still want to be in the presence of god i want to stay here because there's nothing greater than being in the presence of god you forget your hunger you forget your sleep you forget everything you forget all the worries of this world when you're in the presence of god because there are pleasures for a few minutes no forevermore so prophets of old they were crude they were rough because they had nothing of their own they were mere human frailties hand picked by god mere human frailties hand picked by god the bible talks about it elijah was a man with a nature just like ours just a man just like ours nothing special about the human beings that they were but they were hand picked by god ordained by god to stand before kings when they said the weather stopped the weather changed when they spoke the sun stood still when they spoke the water parted when they spoke things happened they represented god for they were sent by god that's the only reason they were sent by god now to to quote my what my wife says kings stood like little kittens when a prophet was around of course she said it in malayalam pucha kutiya that's what she said kings stood before prophets like small kittens that's how powerful they were not because of their frailties not because of their stature in the flesh but because they were sent by god they were sent by god authorized by god approved by god and now today in the church we don't understand this dynamics to begin with we need to worship differently our worship must be redefined say redefined meaning the way we've been worshiping has to change you you are used to worshiping god in a certain manner till last sunday but this sunday onwards or let's say today onwards you have to change the way you worship god because that worship is not worship you have to unlearn the wrong notions of worship worship is not playing music worship is not playing the drums hard worship is not going the temp pushing up the tempo no worship is an attitude of your heart it stems from a an attitude of honor a culture of honor without honor there is no worship you walk into the church and you expect that you can worship god no that's not how it works worship must start from where you came it must start from your home that's why you're worshiping in the car you're worshiping on the bed you're worshiping in the bathroom you're worshiping in the in the car you're worshiping as you come up because you're so aware of who god is you've received him in the name of god himself hallelujah change tell your neighbor change change no if you if you look at the old testament if you look at the old testament you will see how how god approached worship eli was a priest but he had two sons wicked and corrupt in all their ways the word of the lord came to eli and said those two will die on the same day because they corrupt my ways they rob god did it happen on the same day both of them fell the father also heard it 
fell backwards and died. Hophni and Phinehas. And Phinehas' wife was carrying, expecting a child. She called him. She didn't say a word when they said, it's a boy. She, she kept quiet. The Bible says she named him Ichabod, meaning the glory has left, departed. So that, that's how, how serious God was about worship. Oh, God is very kind. He will not do like that. He's very, he is kind. He is long-suffering. He is merciful. But you must understand, he's a God who deserves the kind of worship that we must give. The sons of Aaron, you cannot take things for granted in worship, in your attitude under God. They were dealt that manner because there was no honor. Hophni and Phinehas, they had no honor towards God. What happened to the sons of Aaron? Moses himself, not anybody else, not any small fish. Moses himself separated Aaron, poured anointing oil over him. And his two sons poured anointing oil over them. And then also consecrated not just Aaron and his two sons, but also the garments that they wore. Do you know that? Do you know that? You will see that in the, in the word. In Leviticus chapter 2. I think it's 2. No, don't have to go there. They were separated under service. But what happened? One fine day, these two boys, you know, they felt um, uh, high and mighty. Okay, now we are worship leaders. Now we are, like, you know, we are in the band. We get to stand before God and worship Him. So they decided to do their own number. They took a, fan, a pan and uh, made some fire and burned it before the Lord. And today, today we do that. Today's modern day Christian musicians do that before the Lord. Often they do that. Offering strange fire before God. What happened? What happened to them? Did God wait for a few minutes? No, he didn't. Now these things happen in the Old Testament as a warning to us. Not because God will deal, deal with us in the same manner, but we will, not, we will understand the principles of God. And we will honor God for who he is. He is a God who does not deserve any profane fire. The God that we serve, He does not deserve any, any profane fire. He does not deserve anything that you can bring before Him. No. There has to be honor. In everything that you bring before God, there has to be honor and order and worship. When the ark was brought back, you know what happened, right? When the ark was brought back on a cart, the cart was pulling uh, the ark of the covenant. The, the guy was like walking beside it and then suddenly the car just had a, maybe it ran over a pothole or something, just shook. What happened? The Ark of the Covenant was about to? With all good, say good intentions, good intentions, this man decided to help God. Just decided to help God. Forgot about the order of God. Just decided to forget about the order of God. Just supported the covenant from falling down. The ark of the covenant from falling down. What happened? He fell dead. So the book that we deal with is the book that can bring shivers down your spine. That's what we're dealing with. The God that we serve is not a, not a, not the next door neighbor. Okay? Do you know that? 
Your God is not your next door neighbor whom you see every morning. Hi, how are you doing? All good? No, that's not the God that we serve. He deserves honor. Not just he deserves honor. Everything that he has established deserves honor. Demands your honor. His order of things demands your honor. His principles demands, demands your honor. His servants, his ministers demands your honor. His people, his children, the least among them demands your honor. That's the God that we serve. Without that kind of honor in your heart, there is no worship. That honor and that obedience is what creates the environment for God to move in power. You want to see God move in power in your family, not just in church on a Sunday morning, but in your home, when you go back to, to your homes, you want to see the same power move in your home, over your situations. You must maintain honor in, in your home. Amongst yourself. We don't worship God for receiving miracles. We worship God for the reason that he deserves our worship and honor and obedience is what brings forth worship unto God. I'm telling you, I can, I can tell you this. A person who struggles in worship is a person who is not honoring God, honoring others, honoring the things of God. A person who is struggling to worship is a person who is disobeying God, disobeying the commandments of God. Otherwise, there is no reason why a person must struggle in worship. Worship is all about, worship is all about honor, obedience. Jesus performed miracles wherever he was honored. His power flowed to whoever honored him. You know that? Look at that. Jesus performed miracles wherever he was honored. His power flowed to whoever honored him. Whether Gentile or Jew or Greek, that's right. The Syrophoenician woman is an example. He even told her some theology. But because she honored, she reduced herself to honoring him. Call me a dog, it's okay. But that's who you are. You are God. I'm just a dog. What happened? She received the portion because she Approach Jesus for who he is. Receive him for who he is. That's a secret, I'm telling you. This is a secret to your, the key to your miracle is this. You approach God and the things of God and the institutions of God and the order of God, the ministers of God, the people of God with honor. That honor which is due unto them, you will begin to see miracles like left, right, center, morning, evening, night, doesn't matter. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Do you love this God? Do you love this God? Are you ready to change? When, when God tells you not enough, are you able to understand that? Not enough. It's not enough. We need to change. We need to change. Like I said, everything, everything, every aspect about you must change. Every aspect, the way you speak, the way you talk, the way you sit, the way you stand, especially when you are in the, in the company of other believers, in the, in, the, in the fellowship of saints, everything. 
your expressions your response and some of you have a, you have a notion that it's okay to be an introvert it's okay to be uh, not so ex- expressive no it is not okay who said it is okay you can be ex- expressionless wherever else but not in the presence of god that's one place you are made to be expressive do you know that you are made to be expressive in the presence of your maker you are made to worship god with expressions you are made to worship god with expressions your hand your feet your heart your lungs your your whole being your belly everything about you is made is created to be expressive before god in worship no i like those people who will who will sing no matter what whether they are an acclaimed singer or a professional singer but when they come to the presence of god they can't help but sing i'm telling you generations are blessed generations are blessed i have such a mother she sings like that doesn't matter what people think about her i was blessed because she sang like that she still sings like that neighborhood is blessed because of that and some of you ought to be like that undignified in worship undignified let go of your pride let go of your your consciousness self consciousness and image let go express yourself before god let it come from a place of honor you want to honor god everything that it takes to honor god i am ready to give it dishonor blocks you from progress i'm telling you dishonor blocks your progress when you dishonor god when you dishonor okay dishonoring god might sound very okay will i will anybody do like that but when i say dishonor god it it is it means dishonoring the things of god dishonoring the church of god dishonoring the the servant of god the minister of god when you dishonor anything to do with god you are dishonoring god himself and that blocks your progress it prevents you from being where god has predestined you to be or you know purpose you to be hallelujah thank you jesus whatever you honor you get to partake of that you get to partake of whatever you honor the grace that you honor you get to partake of the grace i mentioned about that you get to become a partaker of the grace when you resist honor when you dishonor something you're resisting your your uh, opportunity to partake in that are you getting this and see you must understand your parents okay your parents listen to me all of you your parents are a uh, it's like a what do you call a, f- a reflection of who you are going to be who you are going to be so when you dishonor your parents you are dishonoring your future am i getting this when you dishonor your parents can you you look just like your dad and your mom i one from one side i can see your dad from the other side i can see your mom you look like them okay not just in the physical but also if they raise you up in the ways of god you get to be who they are where they are even beyond them also because they represent your future yeah so when you honor them you get to partake of the grace in them so that you can it'll be easy for you to access the future god has placed for you it's a truth in families it's a truth in the church so when you honor 
who God has placed over you, whether as parents, whether as teachers, whether as a minister of God, when you honor them, the favor of God is unlocked so that your future, your future, you can walk easy in your future. Hallelujah. You can walk easy in your future. Hallelujah. What you honor, you partake. What you honor, you get to partake. If you don't honor something, there's no partaking. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hello, this is Nisha Dilipkoshi. I'm sure this podcast has blessed you. Do subscribe to our channel for more messages and follow us on social media to stay connected. May God bless you.